Welcome to what we hope is another episode of Three Men and a War Game. I am Paul, and uh, I feel like I had something witty planned, and now I've completely forgotten it. So that's that's not all that witty. Well, choo-choo, motherfuckers. The hype train is pulling into the station. This is Chops, and I'll be guiding this motherfucker through here today. Oh my god, I'm sorry. Hold on, let me let me calm down for a second. Jeez. We've got a wheezy boy over there. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> One of these days I've gotta go before chops, Jesus. <laughs> Alright. I'm Potter, aka Chris or whatever. Um I'm just here happy to hang out with Crack Pappy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is me. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're hoping we're hoping that this will be a, a nice buoyant episode for everybody to listen to. Uh, <laughs> Are you making it buoyant, huh? I thought that was my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is going to be a buoyant one. Um, I know, I know, just for everybody that listens, it's been a while since we had an episode, and we had an awesome, amazing episode recorded, and one of yeah. the tracks cut off partway through, and and I'm still debating whether it's going to be something that I released part of or whatever because it, it was a really good episode but we're sorry that we haven't been around oh i've been around <laughs> all right potter since you've been around <laughs> tell us what you've <laughs> been arounding to uh, i've been arounding to getting my star wars legion army painted i've got paint on a stormtrooper unit man nice uh, got a, it almost fully it's painted pretty awesome it's, yeah, so, I mean, I've got a, I've got a unit that is pr- almost pretty fully base coated. I'm probably gonna just try and get everything just base coated, uh, since I am on the standby list for the the Star Wars uh, Legion tournament uh, for the Invitational uh, for Adepticon. Or I'm sorry, yeah, Adepticon. Adepticon. Yep. Adepticon. So let me, let me make sure right. I've got this right, Potter. Let me make sure I've got this right. So mm-hmm. you are officially entered in Wild West Exodus and the other side yes. for Adepticon. Yes. And you are painting most... Star Wars Legion. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, so here's the thing. So here's the thing. Uh, I am actually getting very lucky. I will be playing a fully painted Watchers list in the Wild West Exodus uh, tournament that is that a uh, fan of the show, Paul Plunge, is actually letting me borrow his Watchers army. So I am I'm using his Watchers army for the tournament. And then Toss, I am actually thinking about dropping out, uh, being that this will be my first Adepticon. I'm thinking if I get into Legion, I'll have two tournaments, and the rest of the time I'm probably just going to do open play and you know walk around and see if we can't find some fans and maybe cool. get some games with them. Cool, that's a that's a good plan. I'm uh, I'm into that. Just make sure you bring your TOS stuff so we can play. Oh no no no, my Toss is coming. Like so, I'm bringing Toss. I'm bringing Legion. I'm bringing Shadespire, uh, Kill Team, and uh and my and i'll probably bring my wild west exodus stuff as well too cool all right so uh then i guess that paul what have you been up to oh i've been up to a lot uh i've gotten i've I've made some progress on my warrior nation that i want to bring for adepticon um i've also i've also well let's see i completely painted my three-man kaga brother unit um i have apache kid almost done like just minor details need to be taken care of on him hawkeye's almost done and i have uh 
legendary walks looking started. So I, I got a lot done. Um, also managed to lock down the list that I'm going to bring and, and play. Oh, fuck that list. So, yeah. Um, actually got to try it out in the, in, in the Raleigh area, uh, first wild west exit exodus tournament ever. And, uh, it went pretty well. <laughs> you could say that. Who yeah. took first, Paul? Who took uh, first? Me. <laughs> you. Who, who tabled? Who tabled both of his opponents? Me. Yeah. Well, well, really, um, the second mm-hmm. the second opponent I didn't table. He he was demoralized. Um, maybe three activations into turn two. Um, my first opponent was in the that same position. Tried to bow at it turn two, and then we realized there was still like an hour and 20 minutes left on the clock. So we figured we'd just play it out. So if anyone from war cradle is listening, nerf legendary ghost wolf. (laughs) Yeah. That dude, Jesus Christ. Yeah. He was a lot of fun to pilot. That's for sure. He was a lot of fun to jam down people's throats too. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but don't want to talk too much about my secret tech just yet. (laughs) Um, you'll be net listing it later. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, let's get to that point first. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we tried to do a a good chops chops. What have you been working on? Oh yeah. Uh, so I've, I've been painting the other side. Uh, I've got, um, a lot of models, uh, we talked about on the episode, the lot the now lost episode, what our hobby goals were. And one of my hobby goals for the year was to paint 120 models. Uh, and so far it is the 16th of January, the 16th of January. And I am through 11. So I'm feeling pretty good. Oh, jeez, uh, That's, that's good, man. I'm looking th- I'm you make me sick to my stomach. And I'm going to, I'm going to try to get through 20 for the month. So I, I'm going to try to paint nine more Royal Rifle Corps. And then I'm going to take a break from the other side because I'll feel I'll be feeling pretty good about my progress. And from that point, all I need to do is paint my uh, South Wales borders uh, and a couple. Again, I don't want to release all my uh, secret tech either, so I'm not going to talk about all the models I need to paint. But I don't have too many more after that, so I figure I'll be done so, halfway through February. So, with this goal of yours, chops, are you are you just trying to get that many models painted in general, or is it just you want them to like your standard painted? Oh, so uh, I think that. Um, speed painting and fundamentals painting is important to any uh, all of your skills like even if you are just painting models to a tabletop standard and you're work you're working toward a goal like painting faster to a specific standard i think mm-hmm. that is a a huge bonus to your overall painting skill and the more hours behind the desk the more brush strokes you lay down the more confident you're going to get in your long time efforts and my goal for the year is to to paint sort of batches and single units that are single models at, for a long time alternating so i'm going to finish these nine that i want to go and then i'm going to paint one model that i'm going to take my time on and that's another secret model that i can't talk about um it's, it's for a patron, uh, but that model is going to be really cool. I'm going to try to take my time on that one. And then I'll get back and I'll probably try to paint 20 ghouls for uh, AOS and the rest of my TOS list. And then I'll go back to another, like, uh, you know, lovingly painted job. Probably my uh, white tiger for Eden. Very cool. Very cool. Ooh, Eden. Yes, Eden. 
Oh, yeah, that sounds a, like, a, sounds like a, a, a rhyme. Yeah, that sounds like a rhyming lead-in. <laughs> ah, look at you. All right, so Eden uh, <laughs> is a new game. Uh, uh, guys, I started a new game. Oh, oh, surprise, surprise. Surprise. Uh, so Eden is a, uh, is a very good game. Uh, it's also very French. It's so French. I love it, though. I, I, I love everything about it. Uh, and I think the thing I like about most most about it is that the cheesecake models that exist, when people are like, man, these models are cheesecake, I'm like, yeah, it's French. It's, you know. They, they've got a, a different uh, standard of acceptability, which I'm fine with, right? I'm, I'm totally good with it. Um, and everything is sort of thematically in balance. And I'll talk about a little bit of that because this episode is going to be Eden focused, unless you guys have some uh, reason you don't want it to be. Uh, no. I, I will admit I've been anxiously awaiting to see you or hear you talk about this. All right, cool. So let's let's get into it then. Uh, right away, I've got uh, a couple things I want to talk about. Uh, the first thing is just introducing you to Eden. So the setting of Eden is it is post-apocalyptic. Think uh, a couple hundred years in the future, post-apocalypse. Uh, the world is sort of crumbled into factions. And what we have is a picture of post-apocalyptic Europe and Northern Africa, which is really cool because I think a lot of post-apocalyptic fiction is North American. Uh, and this is definitely European, which is cool. Um, I don't know. Is that an interesting setting, do you think, for you guys? Like, think uh, think futuristic and, again, think very European and post-apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I Mad Max is one of my most favorite movie series of all time. That's very, you know, Australian, so... Right, right, yeah, right. I, that that's definitely something that would uh, trip my trigger. And there is a Mad Maxi faction called Dante's Angels. They uh, they are focused around the seven deadly sins, and the seven deadly sins are the seven motorcycles that the clan has, and each one of them is named after one of the seven deadly sins. It was definitely the faction I was looking at. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> you should definitely look at one of the models. Uh, and if, if, if you guys want to play at home while you're listening, uh, pull up the Eden website. I'll give you a second. You've had it. Uh, and go to the factions. And well, they can Move pause faster. it. They can pause it. Uh, and so you're going to head over to the factions. And what you're going to look for in the store is Dante's Angels. And under Dante's Angels, and I want you to do this too, Chris, look at the model for Mammon. It's on the Damn top it, row. Painting. <laughs> it's fine. It's on the top row. It is on the furthest to the right in the store. And what this model is, is uh, essentially a motorcycle with three monkeys riding it. And it is <laughs> Okay, okay got to find this. So it's the, it's the see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil monkeys with like a badass biker dude in the sidecar. It's like... An amazing model. So if, if you guys at home, you need that that visual, that's what it is. You've got uh, a classic like uh, um, Indian style chopper and it's got three monkeys riding it, uh, each of them like holding a scythe or machete and then a badass biker dude like lounging in the sidecar. It's amazing. Dude, it's fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> he looks <laughs> like Santa Claus. Why can't I find Claus? these guys? I don't know, man. I, uh, right. I, oh I my can God, tell you this, that it that is model's an amazing. Am, yeah, it's an amazing model, and I think anybody uh, who wants to get into Eden and likes biker stuff and post post apocalyptic like Mad Maxi type stuff owes it to themselves. 
to take a look at Mammon. And anyway, so post-apocalypse Europe, that's the basic setting. Uh, and what I'll go into next is the setup uh, of the game and the win conditions, because there are a couple core mechanics in this game that are awesome. One of them is bidding. It's got some really interesting bidding mechanics. Uh, you use bidding all throughout the game. At the beginning of each round, you bid for who's going to be the sort of initiative player for the first activation. And then you also bid for setup. And bidding for setup is actually really important because the person who wins the bid and setup gets to a deploy their models first and choose where they you know you know basically get the deployment zone that they want, um, but also pick the mission first. And how the missions work is there is a pool of mission cards, some that are faction specific and others that are generic. And when you pick a mission card, the missions come in two styles, either secret or revealed. And if you reveal a mission. Uh, your opponent cannot take the mission you reveal. And the missions are what are going to set your victory type, your victory conditions. And the thing that's really cool is there are things like the, fa the faction, the matriarchy uh, has a, has a mission. And when they select the mission, it says your opponent just skips their mission condition. And now they're playing your mission, which is why bidding for that first spot is really important. Cause if you want to play that one, that's, what's going to happen. And then when you set that mission up, for that that example, that pagan, this is called pagan idols. It's a matriarchy mission. What you're going to do is you're going to set some uh, objectives on the board, and then the person who controls those objectives gets victory points at the end of each round. And then both players are playing that specific mission instead of playing the one that maybe they wanted to. And this is a mission that the matriarchy is especially good at because of the way that they play. So that instead of you getting to play your game, they force you to play theirs, which is awesome. Um, and, and how it works, again, is you select that card and then reveal it to your opponent or keep it hidden. So again, as I normally like to do, ask you guys for feedback. How do you guys feel about that? Knowing that there are about 60 missions, think, thinking that's the about the realm. I don't have them in front of me, but that's about how many there are. Damn, 60 missions. Whew. Yeah, when you take like the, the mission, because they do kind of like a gaining grounds thing for Malifaux where there's like tournament season missions, and then there's the standard okay. mission deck plus each of the factions individual three to four missions, and they're like 11 factions. So there's a ton of missions available. I, those... I like, I mean, I, I always go like when games are out there where, where they've got a lot of missions and because of the replayability for that makes it, great so for, for them having that many missions i absolutely love that idea yeah. so let me let me give you another example of a mission so the askari which is the faction that i play um they have a mission where what you do is at the very beginning of the game just after deployment but before you start you assign your opponent's models to have contagion markers and then each round those contagion markers spread to your opponent's other models and they the oh, the, nice. the models can gain more contagion markers and then if you kill a model you take all the contagion models and you score points for every contagion token essentially that you take off of the models that you kill because one of the things that motivates this faction is research and science so they're basically they showed up because they heard you guys were you were infected with some new thing and they want to get samples of the contagion so they're coming in to essentially incapacitate you take some biomass and get it back to their lab oh wow hmm. right so the the it's highly thematic like all the missions are thematic um and 
again, highly varied. It's it kind of reminds me of like where Wild West Exodus is infinity light. This is kind of like Malifaux light, where instead of having like a big selection of strats and schemes, you you overall you have this huge pool that you can draw from, and then you just choose one that defines how you get points through the game. That's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, so that's setup and win conditions. Uh, so that's essentially uh, how that works. Now, I want to get into Paul's favorite subject. And I think one of the best things about uh, Eden is its resource management systems. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about them. Resource management, right. So there are a couple. Uh, but before I can get into it, though, I have to talk a little bit about the, the core mechanics. And I'm going to get into the core mechanics in a sort of slow and deliberate way. Uh, we'll talk about a few of them at a time. The first core mechanic we're going to talk about is hit locations. So each model has four stats. Um, they've got their speed. Um, essentially, they, they have four limbs, right? So each of these limbs is its own thing. Uh, and you've got vigor, which is your body. You got sigh, which is your head, combat, which is your arms, and speed, which is your legs. And each of these also has a damage track on it. So think of it like a war machine card, right? Where a warjack's got their their systems, uh, or the war beast has its what are their aspects? Um, so think of it like that. And then so you've got maybe your arm has three damage boxes. Uh, or, or sorry, five damage boxes, and then if you lose everything in a single uh, in a single one of those stats, your model is incapacitated and taken off the table. So as soon as you go all the way down in one, model's dead. Because you know if you lose an arm, you're not fighting anymore. Realistically, you're not fighting anymore. Uh, if your body gets crippled, obviously again you're not fighting. So that's how that works. And the reason I'm bringing all this up is because the core mechanic of Psy, which is your head. Uh, dictates a couple things. And one of the most important things that it dictates is how your, at least your leader's sigh dictates the first resource. And your first resource are called tactical cards. And so the tactical cards cost your second resource, which is your SP, to play. And you can bring as many tactical cards to a mission as your leader has sigh. So if your leader's mind is nine, that means you get to bring nine of these cards to the game. Uh, and these cards are, you play them at the beginning of a turn and they have huge, sweeping, amazing things to your, your, your crew. So like one of my Ascari ones says that when I play it, uh, every model that I kill in the, in the following round, if I incapacitate any model, it's worth five VP in addition to any other win conditions that I have. Um, so, and like, there's another one where, uh, you might play it and it gives a specific model plus two strength for the round. It's like an inspiration and plus two or, or plus two combat okay. plus two combat is huge because that influences how many dice you roll during combat checks. So this okay. is your first resource. This is your, your tactical cards and these are hidden from your opponent. And then again, you take as many as your leader has sigh now to get your SP, which is the second core resource in this game, what you do is you total up the side of your entire crew, and then that's how many you have, and that's all you've got for the whole game. 
And we've talked about one of okay. the things you use these tokens for. One of the things you use these tokens for is for playing those tactics cards. Uh, and again, those are two and they're two to play and you can play them at the beginning of each round. So the other thing that you need these for is your model's unique rules. So every model is going to have its own special rules, just like any game like War Machine or Malifaux or Guild Ball. Some of them are free uh, and all of the abilities tell you the prerequisite to using them. If you can only use it once per round or once per game, or if it costs an AP, which is another resource which we'll get into, or if it costs an SP. And generally the abilities that require SP are extremely powerful because again, that's that limited resource and is also needed for your tactical cards. So essentially you're balancing like how many of these SP you have to make sure that a you've got enough to use all your special abilities throughout the entire five round game and also so that you have tactical cards but just to throw another fucking monkey wrench into this game all those bets that i was talking about so like when you're betting to see who goes first in the round when you're betting to see who goes first at the beginning of the game you have to bet your sp to do it and whether or not you win or lose the bet you lose the sp so yeah it's a it's a big risk using it but you know sometimes you need to go first and it's worth spending that resource to get that first activation so you might be able to ace something so your your last resource and i think maybe the most interesting and the thing that like ties most closely to the core mechanics uh is the ap itself and i think in a lot of games we don't think about ap as a resource to manage because in most games like your models can just do stuff right like in malifaux you get two ap to do whatever you want if you're a master you get three ap uh in aos or uh 40k you get to move models you get to charge with models you get to shoot with models and fight in melee with models right there's not like a concern for their sort of action points um but in this game every model at the beginning of each round is assigned three ap and the ap can be used effectively anytime your model can spend it even when it's not your turn uh but you only have three per round ap is used for a couple core actions movement fighting and that's pretty much it but 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 you can also use your ap to dodge and repost in combat uh which is where the fascinating part of this comes into because knowing that you have three ap and again so you've got it's essentially one ap to walk one ap to take a swing and two ap to charge the charge comes just like a standard minis game that you'd expect it comes with a standard movement and then a, an attack at the end of it um okay. now again you've only got three right you've only got three that you can use and once you use it once you're if you're in combat so let's say i'm locked into melee with somebody and i've got no ap left every time they swing on me what they're effectively doing is they're rolling their combat stats so if their combat stat is six they're rolling six dice and they're rolling against my vigor so they roll six dice and they're looking for they're looking to beat my vigor value so if my vigor is five they're looking for fives if my vigor is four they're looking for fours so let's say they roll those six dice and they get four successes then they roll a location die to find out where that's going to go now most of your limbs have between four and six damage boxes and that's all you've got and you've got four of these different locations so if you don't have any way to dodge or possibly hit back after you risk your model just getting aced 
So like where you spend this AP is critical. And also your activation order is critical because you don't want to like essentially let leave a model out on the table with his pants down. Cause your, your models are, are, I mean, literally everything in this game. If you don't have AP tokens is hella vulnerable to getting killed. Hmm. So you really have to manage your AP like like a resource. You have to think like, I'm going to walk right now, but is it worth charging this model? Because if I charge this model in, my opponent's got two or three models that might be able to charge in and take free swings, and I can't do anything about it. And, it, and you might just say, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to move and sit here with two AP. So A, they have to move farther and use more of the, their AP to get to me. Uh, and B, I've got a couple extra left over so that I can take dodge or repost actions. So those are your resources. Do you guys have any questions about them? Things like you like, you don't like? Uh, I mean, I like that the whole AP mechanic because it's it makes it where it's Again, we've talked about multiple times of like being able to do something on your opponent's turn. Like yeah. I like that. Like you're still oh, managing single, things. You're st- there's not a single moment in Eden that you're not engaged. I feel like as as much as any minis game that you're always engaged in, I think in, in Infinity is the only game I've played that has as close to like full engagement for the entire game as any other game right. I've seen. Like there is at every moment you're involved. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like that. I mean, it, it it's that level of allowing you to interact on that that turn. I like that. Plus, you know, you have the planning capability of where it's, I got to think two, three moves ahead, really. You, I mean, you have I to like think that. five turns ahead because you need to plan out. Like, let's like with my models, my Ascari faction, the Ascari faction is kind of different than a lot of the factions in that one of the things I can do is I can actually spend tactical cards like sp with some of my models so as i'm looking at my tactical cards i'm like man i got 10 of these tactical cards that i can use but i've got three abilities that require me to sacrifice two of them and i want to use some of them throughout the game so ideally maybe i can use these two or three times i need to make sure that when i use them i get the most value out of them right and it creates these like really tense decisions you've got like all these little tiny tense decisions to make all the time and it's fascinating i like that i i I like i like the stress on tactical decision making combined with resource management yeah it's it's amazing and the fact that this game has so many resources to manage right it's it's like and but it doesn't feel like too much it feels like just enough resources to manage to be honest but it it like the the way that i think it's the way that they all interlock together right like they aren't it's not like you have this x resource and y resource and those resources are totally separate and they're their own things like all the resources in this game are like very much tied to each other and because they're all tied to each other it makes everything feel um like just really uh, i don't know how to explain it right it just it feels like everything is so well thought out and everything just meshes together in this really good thematic way i'm liking it so far liking what i'm hearing cool all right. So with that being said, so we've talked about the setting. We've talked about setup and win conditions. We talked about a little bit of the resource management. So now I want to talk about the core mechanics. So we talked a little bit about the uh, the stats for the game. And I want to just talk about the, uh, the other core mechanic, which is when you're rolling dice. Uh, and there's a couple kinds of duels. There's, there are opposed duels. Uh, and then there are duels against a t- statistic. 
And so again, the statistics are your mind stat, your arm stat, or your mind stat, your combat stat, your vigor stat, and your speed stat. So all of these come into play in different ways. So um, you might need to make the most basic dice roll is a combat check. And we talked about that a little bit. So how it works is you spend an AP and you make an attack against your opponent. And at this point, your opponent has a choice they can make. They can let you take that free attack without taking a reaction, or they can spend one of their AP to make a reaction. There's two kinds. There are dodge reactions and there are repost reactions. So dodge reactions are really cool. Uh, and in general, it's the safe thing to do. But the repost is the high risk, high reward action. And just, I think, just having the ability, again, that that choice, when somebody attacks you in a, in a game like Malifaux, you don't really have a choice, right? You just take the attack and then maybe you have some choices on cards you cheat. But for the most part, you just have to let them do something. In this game, even as the attacker, you have to consider, like, is my opponent going to dodge here? Is he going to repost? Because if he repost, it could go really bad for me. Um or is it just going to be a free action because they want to save their AP for their turn, their activation of that model. Uh, and th like all of that decision-making is, is, is clutch, but uh, just going back to the core mechanic itself, let's say they give you that free attack. We talked about it a little bit. What you do is you take your attack stat and then you take a stat or you take a dice, which is your location dice. So you roll all those dice together and you can roll a dice after your roll for a location stat. I just use two different color dice, right? One of them is, is it, is it, attack. is it a, uh, hold, hold on a second chops. Is it a mm -hmm. D6 system? D6. Yep. All D6. Okay. Everything is D6s. So, so let's say just for the sake of example, I have an opponent who has a six combat stack and I am attacking a model with five vigor. So I take my six dice and my location dice and I roll them. Everything that's a five is a success. And then the number on the location dice indicates where I'm hitting them. So like a one, I'm hitting in the, them in the head, a two or three, I'm hitting them in the arm, uh, um, a four or five, I'm hitting them in the body and a six, I'm hitting them in the legs. And so uh, let's say I get four successes and I'm hitting them in the arm. Now let's say I, I'm hitting them in the arm with a two. Now let's say I actually wanted to hit them in the head. I can sacrifice one of my successes to move the location die up or down one position. Another choice as a player that you get to make and more agency. So you don't necessarily have total control of where you're going to hit, but just like sort of a real fight, right? You have some control and depending on what your opponent does or, 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 or you know, depending on certain things you might be able to do, uh, you might be able to hit them a little bit better. So again, let's say I wanted to hit them in the head. I sacrifice one of my four hits. So now I have three successes going into their head, right? So then they would tick off three things on their head stat. Now, let's say I'd hit them in the previous round again, and I, that knocked out all their boxes, they die. But we have to talk about the second thing about this, and that is that every single one of your stats actually has two values, a standard value that. and a crippled value. Oh, so that's, and that's the red number, right? And the red, the red boxes. number. Yeah. So, and you'll notice those bubbles in your stat cards are white and red. So the white is your white stat when you're up and you're good. And then as soon as your white bubbles are covered, you go and you revert to your lower stat. So as your models take damage, and this is why you might want to do, you know, some hit selection, because let's say you're hitting a model who at full, full strength has six vigor, but once they've taken two damage in their body, their vigor falls to four, making them much easier to hit you might try to 
pop that first shot into their body to pull their vigor down so that subsequent attacks from all your models are easier to land on that model. Now let's, let's uh, yeah, yeah, now let's, again, this is a super clean and super easy system. It's so intuitive. Um, but let's talk about an, an, another portion of this, which is those reactions. So as the other player, let's say I declared that dodge reaction, I spend an AP and I make a dodge reaction. So my dodge reaction is I take my speed stat and I roll my dice against your combat ability. Because that's what's happening, right? When you're the attacker, you're taking your brawn and you're hitting their you're hitting their vigor. But as the defender, when you're dodging, you're taking your speed stat against their combat ability. So let's say that my speed stat is four, and again, your combat ability is six, or the combat ability of the attacker in this exa uh, example is six. So I roll my four dice and I get two successes. I get two sixes. I got lucky right? Roll two sixes that cancels two of those damage. So this, so the, the net effect of this combat is that you did one damage to my head. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And again, it gives you a lot of agency as the, as the defender and as the attacker. Now let's talk about the repost because the repost is something else. So as the defending player, you say, yep, I'm going to take a repost reaction. And just as a little segue, I want to talk about maximum action allowance because every action has uh, maximum allowances. So movements, you can only take three movements in a turn. I know you get three AP, but there are abilities in the game that give you additional movements and a different, an additional AP. So movement abilities, you can only use three per turn, three per game round. Attacks, you can only take two per game round. So even though you have three AP, you can only use two of them for attacks. Now, the reason that is important is the repost reaction counts as one of your two attacks for the game round. Now, here's how repost works. You spend your attack and then both players now roll a single D6 and you add that D6 to your combat value. All right. And the person who wins this roll hits first. So if I bring like Johnny Nobody four strength into your guy with seven strength, I'm who I better Johnny make sure Nobody I... four strength. I love that name. <laughs> so Johnny, four, so Johnny Nobody four strength swings on your seven, your seven strength big giant guy. I I better make sure he has no AP because you're going to repost all day, right? You've got a natural three above me to hit me first. And the thing about the repost is that both of these attacks are free attacks. Uh, and what it essentially means is that you better kill the person or else they're going to get a free swing back on you. You're just basically taking free swings on each other. Uh, if you live right, if the first person who gets attacked lives, uh, and that's another thing about this game is it's lethal. Like you can get, you can get lucky and have damage on all four of your limbs, but in general, um, the models don't make it through two or three rounds of combat. Like sometimes they do. And, and some models have armor because there is uh, armor basically reduces damage based on your armor value. So if you have like protection one on a limb, every time that limb gets hit, you just cancel a success. Um, but for the most part, um, you know, it, it, you can, you can literally ace models. Uh, and I've actually got some cinematic moments we're going to talk about toward the end of the episode uh, that might involve some model acing. Um, 
and it can happen. So that's that's the the main at attack. So we talked about the the opposed roll, which is where you both roll a single d6 and you add that to your your combat value. That most commonly happens in the repost, and then your standard action, which or your standard, uh, which is where you're rolling against a statistic. But there's lots of places this might happen. Uh, so as an example, there are some models who are intimidating, and to hit an, an intimidating model, you have to pass a side check against their side value. So like maybe your psi is four and my psi is eight. This is where we talk about another core mechanic. So how do you roll an eight on a six-sided die, right? You can't. So what you have to do is you have to sacrifice one of your dice from your roll for each value until you get to sixes. And then successes are only on sixes. So if your psi is four and my, and my psi is eight, when you're taking that opposed side check against me, you're going to have to get rid of two of your dice to bring it down to six. You've got two left to roll and only sixes are successes. Oh, so you're getting rid of, so for each die you're getting rid of, you're reducing, you're reducing their the value. value by one. Okay. That makes yep. sense. Now, now can you only reduce it to six or could you keep going? No, you can only reduce it to six. Uh, and okay. and the, the other, th so because it needs to be hard, right? But the other well, thing. Well, sure, but I wasn't, you know, but if you get it down to like a five and you have one die left, that's still fairly No, because you, you could exploit that, right? Like, let's say like I was making a combat check against you and I had six die. I might be like, you're only, you're only, you know, combat value four. Let me just reduce three of my dice. So I hit you on ones, right? Like that's it. it, it, it you can only lower to sixes. Um but the, the and actually where it comes into more play is there are some scenarios where like you might have three psi and I might have 10, which means you literally can't win the check and you have to be mindful of that. There aren't very, that those are super corner cases, by the way, but you have to be mindful that you might have some models that just aren't good enough to do something to another model in certain situations. Which makes sense because if I go and fight like, you know, Hulk Hogan, I'm never going to be able to body slam him. Exactly. Right. And you, and that, and that's pretty well conveyed in this game. Okay, cool. I like, I like that. All right. So that's, that's the, the, the main core mechanics, how the opposed rules work, um, how side checks work. Um, so you can also do, you know, there's, and there's lots of other cool rules for like disengagement on disengagement. You're basically trying to walk away from an opposing model and you're rolling against their speed. So, uh, or actually no, you're rolling your speed. Wait, Oh, sorry. I got this confused and I'm, I don't have the rule book up. Either way, you're making a, like a, a check and I'm pretty sure it's against their speed. And if you beat their speed, you can just walk away. Um, but if you don't, they get to just take a free swing on you as you walk out. Uh, and then, that and makes, then if well, you live, yep. And then if you leave, if you live, you can continue your movement out of engagement. So that's how yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. That, yep. It's pretty great. Uh, pretty, pretty good. So that's the, that's the main core mechanic. So do I, do I already have you guys hooked? Are you, are you in at this point? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm ready to put models in a cart. Cool. I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I mean, I, as much as I like resource management games, I think you guys like them a lot more than me. And at this point with the, the amount that you have explained, even though I, and they may be intuitive. It's a little much for me. I mean, we all, Paul remembers how freaking 
pissed off I got at Wild West Exodus at the beginning with with the, their system. So this so. this game, Potter, <laughs> this this game though, there aren't there are no like there there aren't any there there the the there's only four conditions that you need to worry about. They all go off in the very last phase of the game. Uh, another thing I want to tell you, Potter, is the entire rule book is printed in like a three inch by six inch pamphlet, and it is thirty pages. Like. This the, the, this game is as rules light as any miniatures game outside of the games workshop games exists. Um, it is super easy to understand. Like I guarantee you, we go to Adepticon. I have you playing this game in fifteen minutes. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm still going to be playing. It. I'm I'm going to play it against you. Like <laughs> I'm going to yeah. try it out. So because so, especially especially after my experience with Wild West Exodus, I'm not going to give up on a game just because something pisses me off right 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 so now let me talk about another aspect of this game that i can't believe i didn't talk about earlier and it's a way to take take that objection that you gave and sort of turn it on its head and that is me talking to you about the risk in investing in this game so eden is played on a two by two foot board it's played on a tiny board uh and the standard game size for this model is or for this game is 100 points and models range from 15 to 50 points um so in general crews for this game are between three and six models and that's it that's all and every single starter box that you buy comes with a hundred point list all of them are balanced at 100 points i do like that i i like that it's a super low entry into the game um i i like that it's three four five models max uh that's one of the things i love about guild ball um you know and especially someone that like me who takes forever to paint models you know something coming in with a low model count like that is is super appealing to me super appealing uh and i so i've played two games of this uh with my local malifaux henchman and the game that we stumbled through the rules took an hour and 25 minutes Oh wow. Uh, we wow. we played we played today in 55. Um damn. So uh, again, that's it's a low model count, fast to play, uh and so let, let's talk a little bit about the factions. So the factions is the game again, post-apocalyptic and I think honestly, I think that like they just threw every post-apocalyptic uh, trope against the wall and just like and i mean they leaned way the fuck in right so <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk about the first couple like so dante's angels that's that like motorcycle mad max faction like imagine the like psychos from borderlands you've got it that's this faction <laughs> if that's what you want it's in the game and they ride fucking motorcycles. Like one of the models is like a kid with a chainsaw. It's one of the most ridiculously <laughs> cool miniatures I think I've ever seen. You look at it. It's just like, oh, it's a cute little nine-year-old boy. And they're like painting the, the painted model is like a fucking just huge chainsaw as big as the boy. And it says kill across the chainsaw or something. It's so <laughs> dumb. Uh, again, badass. All right. So another one, and I, another one that there that is this faction, there's two more, I think that define this game for the people who play it, right? Like you kind of get that, you know, when you play Malifaux, you look at Malifaux, the, the two factions that sort of define that game, whether you like it or not, Chris 
are resurrectionists and Neverborn. Like those are the two factions. Mm-hmm. When you look at them, you're like, that's that Malifaux aesthetic right there. No, I agree with that. I agree. Uh, and so this game, it's got three of them. It's Dante's Angels, it's ISC, and it's the Jokers. So the next one I want to talk about is the Jokers. And the Jokers are essentially take the post-apocalypse and now take like literally the Batman Joker and take that like anarchy uh no rules sort of lawlessness and apply it to an entire faction of clowns that like just raid the wasteland in the post-apocalypse that's the jokers that's how the models look they're represented that way that's how their stats are like one of the new models is like a clown that just like hits people with a stop sign (laughs) Uh, it's amazing their their models are like superb too they're so good there's like a giant bear, like a giant trained Russian bear. There's a big lion named Czar that has like knives uh, <laughs> sewn into its mane. Oh, no. Yeah, dude, the Jokers are awesome. So that's that's the second faction. And I, I don't normally like like clowns. Like it's not a thing. Like I just like I hear clown faction. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. But then you look at these <laughs> models and read their fluff and look at their rules. and You're like, this is legit. And it fits in the it fits in the universe so well. So very the French, third, very French. Yeah, yeah. Dude, this game's French as fuck. The, uh, <laughs> the other, the other faction. Uh, and guys, if, if we have any people from happy games factory listening, when I say French as fuck, I mean that in the most loving way possible. I love your game and the, it's amazing. It's all amazing. Anyway, ISC, the third faction. So the ISC, uh, so what you have to imagine here. So the, the mental image that I want you to produce is, Japanese Skynet. Uh, oh. So they are. What 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 is this faction's called? ISC. Okay. So it is l- quite literally Japanese Skynet. They are Japanese made robots <laughs> that like Jeez. were were a, 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 essentially initially for a you know you know some good purpose and then the ai took over and now they're a little more nefarious let's say <laughs> and so all of these are cyborgs that sort of play on japanese aesthetic and have uh, a lot of like japanese folklore built into them so you've got you know your gaki you've got your shogun you've got your uh your ronin You've got a shinobi, a shinigami, like all the things that you think of from like Japanese folklore are are in here um, and represented with these amazing mechanical models. The Shogun is amazing. I'm looking at the model right now. It's Holy crap. so good. The yellow Shinigami is actually my favorite model in the range and the gray, maybe the gray Daimyo too. Anyway, they're all hella good. Um super cool model japanese cyborgs so that's another one uh and then on top of that you've got like uh you've got your faction called the khan and the khan are so picture this in your mind here's the mental image i'm going to give you fallout super mutants that's the whole, oh, thing, fuck. The whole faction fallout super mutants that's exactly what they look like and Jeez. they are ridiculously cool okay um uh, and then you've got my mine, the Askari. So essentially like uh, uh, cybernetic Muslims. They're like Middle Eastern <laughs> faction that has embraced science and technology. And like like their shtick is like a lot of a lot of the factions or I should say all of the other factions. They have like a faction rules card, kind of like what you have in the other side where it defines like special things that your faction can do. Uh, the Askari don't have that, but 
all of their models have values along the bottom, which represent cybernetic or bioengineered enhancements that they can give themselves at the beginning of the game. Oh, neat. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So, so that's what they do. Um, and Very and, much like and prepping for the battlefield. I like. And it. I, I don't want to go through all of them because there are thirteen factions, you guys. Thirteen. Wow. So you can find an aesthetic that you like, and I think the most models in any of the ranges is like twenty or so. So like right. the cost of owning a whole faction isn't much more than like say Guild Ball or something like that. Yeah, that's not bad. So let me let me ask you something, Chops. Between going through the, uh, um, looking through the store and stuff like that, and from you talking, I noticed that in factions there's kind of a theme of of different colors. Sure. Um, what's the what's the play on that? Is that like kind of like sub factiony or or what? Um, so you have to you help me out with the colors. What do you mean by that? You mean like well, the like, like colors well, in the paintings? No, 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 no. Like, or, like you talked about, uh, well, like, like if you look at say, since I have it up, the matriarchy, sure. right. And I look at their starters, there's a white, a red and a green. Oh, okay. So the white, that, that's, so that's not every faction. That's actually okay. the matriarchy stick. So okay, I wasn't sure has, because has, when you when you when you were talking about ISC, I think you mentioned like you you mentioned gray and and some oh, other gotcha. things. So right. So, so I thought maybe that was kind of a, a setup amongst everybody. No, think about the matriarchy. Like think about Catholic military orders. Right, right, right. right. Uh, and so and like the 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 Knights Templar, right? So the the White Order, the Red Order, like uh, the those those are all. Um, they each have different abilities within the matriarchy. So the female models of the red order have a specific like sort of faction wide ability they can do. The green order have a specific one they can do. That's like their shtick. Like the Ascari have the ability to add the bio enhancements, the order that these sort of like female religious leaders have comes from the order they belong to. Okay. All right. I just, I just wanted to ask cause I wasn't sure if that was like, yeah, no, you know, kind of cool. part of and the that's, world that's the that that was a built in, right. Or, or if it was specific to them, specific to the matriarchy. And that's another faction. The, uh, the like Catholic church turned sideways led by crazy female warrior priestesses. <laughs> it's, it's nuts, man. <laughs> I always, I always, uh, always like in games, whatever the like religious zealots are. I always enjoy that's playing what, that's them. The, yeah. The matriarchy mm-hmm. is the religious zealots hundred percent. Uh, that is that is that faction you also have like your standard humans like if you think about it like the plebs the guys just trying to survive that's the convoy uh, okay and that makes and sense the convoy yep and the convoy actually have a really cool starter where it's all kids like the whole faction is like they look like 10 to 14 year old kids which i think is actually really cool because like i don't think people pay enough service to like what would they you know like a sort of lord of the flies kind of thing look like they're like there might be packs of kids that are just trying to defend themselves oh yeah there would figuring be out how to stick together right and so that's represented in the convoy there's actually a, like a fat like a sort of yeah and you can play them with any other convoy models but there are i think six different specific kid models that you can take so that's fantastic yeah, I mean, it, yeah that plays on that mad max theme as well too for like mad max 2 you know that, sure. there was the, like that group of kids yep so again it's all here man all, all your 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 full post-apocalypse experience uh um is is all right here ready for you there's also like the nephilim which are like guys that have been they're basically the nephilim are like uh 
basically the next step in human evolution. If you look at them, they're all heavily modified. Uh, I, and I don't know their lore. Admittedly, it's one of the lore packs that I haven't looked into, but they're like super alien reptilian looking weirdos. Um, and from what I understand, cause my, my, the guy I've been playing with, this is the, the faction he wants to play. They do cool stuff with like out of order activations and messing with your opponent's timing and stuff like that. But every, every faction's got a little gimmick, uh, kind of like guild ball teams. And again, there's a lot of them kind of like guild ball teams, right? 12 factions, a 13th actually just got kickstarted. Um, so there will be a 13th of f- faction available at retail sometime this year. So I'm assuming with so many of the factions that are in here that we see that this game is going with a lot of where a lot of new games are going, where they're just trying to go wide instead of deep with their model counts. Yeah, yeah. And I think that the depth in this game comes from the like, and it's crazy that I'm going to say this after I said the rules are so light, but it's the the way that these very simple rules all interact with each other in, in complex and, and kind of fascinating ways that provides that depth. And then those like different sort of faction focuses, like the different tricks that each faction is capable of. That's where the depth comes in. Right. But yeah, they're going for that wide net, wide net, pretty big model range, but it's, you know, it's separated across 12 factions. So, so I know you were showing us some, some models over the break, um, the holiday break. Uh, The, you mentioned that they are kickstarting some new factions. So what new factions are they, are they doing? Are these the models you were showing us? No, the model, the models that I've been sending you. Oh, well, the models I sent you pictures of are my Ascari that I'm painting, but I might've sent you. No, 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 like it was, this was the Kickstarter stuff like with the snowman. Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah. That. So the snowman, that's the, they, that's their yearly thing. They do a Christmas sort of thing every year where they have like, a, there's a Krampus one and there's like an all psychopathic Santa's one. And then this year was like snowman, like murderous snowman. Um, but the faction they released is actually an Indian faction. Oh, okay. So it's uh, like, India. like India or like India, 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 okay. the country, yeah, South African, India. Or North African okay. India, African India, right? Um, anyway, that's so that's that's the new faction, the Sargarian. They come. There's like a, a- new, it's Asian. Did you did you mean to say Asian India? Asian. I did mean to say Asian India. <laughs> yes. So, yes. I don't want to not correct that and have people go, "What the yeah, fuck is wrong is with all these people?" About? Yeah, my brain was totally <laughs> failed there. Is that that's that Madison education? No. <laughs> it's he must have been educated no, in I, North I Carolina. Just, for whatever reason, I was thinking about the shape and not the place. But yes, yes, Asian. <laughs> okay. India. Anyway, India is the new faction. Um, uh, so I think the one thing I want to close on is the cinematic aspect of this game. So we talked about all the factions. We talked about uh, essentially the core mechanics, all the things about the game. So I want to talk about some so like a specific cinematic moment because I know, Paul, this is important to you. Um that a game has a strong cinematic presence. So I want to tell a story uh, that happened in the game. And I'm not going to talk about the core mechanics or how it went down at all uh, until I explain the situation. So uh, paint this picture in your mind, if you will. Uh, there's a, uh, a lone initiate running through the jungle uh, and he's trying to effectively get at some secrets being held by the Ascari faction. And he's doing everything he can to invade and get through to the Ascari, uh, the Ascari base. And as he's running through the forest, he notices a pair of glinting eyes 
These glinting eyes look menacing and a tiger, a white tiger with cybernetic enhancements, jumps out of the brush, leaps at him. With seconds to think, he just swings his sword and let it, lets it drop. And to his amazement, below next to his feet is the tiger's head. He can't believe it. He's sitting there totally, totally relieved. This whole situation that could have gone terribly wrong. He heard the roar. He saw the eyes, but reacted just fast enough to decapitate it with one fell swing. So this is a thing that happened this afternoon to me. I was playing with my I was playing with my henchman. He has his model, the sequitur, which is a, a model for the matriarchy. His objective is, is he's played bodyguard. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to get this model into by deployment zone. And if he gets my model into the deployment zone, he scores effectively enough points that for the most part I can't win. Like it's a huge amount of points if he can make it into my deployment zone and sit there. Now, I make a last ditch effort. I have my tiger, which is my hunting model. It's super strong, hella high combat value, speed, native dodging. Like you, he's got a, like an ability where you can't really come at him because he's so scary. Uh, and I react because he's come so close to my back line. And he's one of the models that I haven't necessarily marked for my objective. And I take this like last second, uh, try to, I like try to, just get in and I charge him. So I charge, I take my free attack. My opponent, Aaron declares repost. So he takes his repost action. We roll off. We, I have five combat value. His guy has six. He takes this repost thing. He rolls a three. I roll a two. He beats me by one. He gets to attack first, totally unopposed rolls his six dice Five successes to the head. Tiger's got five spots available. Dead tiger. Like up, up and trying to keep him from winning the game and decapitated in one, one act, one action, one activation. And that's the game, man, that the whole game is just full of moments like that. Uh, and it's, it's just super exciting to play. Like I, I, it was, I could just see it happening. Right. Like I, like I, and, and I'm, I, I, before this happens too, it's like my Aaron's really demoralized. I'm like killing him in victory points. Like I'm just getting piles of victory points and he hasn't scored any He's concerned. He's not going to be able to. And then like this moment, like basically turns the tide of the game. I was still able to pull it out uh, and barely squeak in the win. But like that moment right there is like the huge moral victory for him. Like the game turned around at that point. I wasn't easy. It wasn't easy victory for me at that point. Then after that, I actually had to get lucky. Like there were things that had to go my way. It wasn't a assured victory from one dice roll. Like talk about the drama, man. Like it's just so good. It's so good. See, I like games that have the drama, right? Like that's one of the things that I love about Wild West Exodus is that that drama of you know, making the attack and dodging out of the way and, 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 you know, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, this was super low risk for me. My tiger's vigor is five. He's got six dice. Most of my stats have four five or six bubbles. Like I'm not worried about him rolling four fives and hitting my only four point limb on one attack. Like I'm just, it's just so improbable. Do you know right. what I mean? Like, right. But Hey, that's the dice, man. That's why we roll them. Heck yeah. Yep. So that's I Eden. Like, like it. that 
that one interaction is eaten in a nutshell. And I, I'm, I'm in, man. This is my, like, I've been looking for that unicorn, like the game that plays on a small footprint, plays fast, has engaging and interesting rules, and is like a perfect second game to my first love, Malifo. And uh, I think I found it. I'm, I'm reasonably confident. Uh, like, I've already got Aaron buying in. He played uh, his first game with his wife tonight. She liked it. Uh, she also uh-huh. plays Malifo. She was into it. So that's two people in. I've got two people in my meta that want to demo it based on the way we've been talking about it. So this like could be uh, a cool game that catches on in my area, and I'm super pumped. All right, so Chops, it's a French game. Mm-hmm. We all know where we're at with trying to get Wild West Exodus models from England. How do we get models in America? Sure. So you can buy them uh, direct from from Happy Games Factory, um, okay. which is unfortunate, right? Because they're French. Uh, but also there is a company out of, and I'm very lucky, very fortunate. There's a company out of Fitchburg, Wisconsin, which is actually uh, like a direct border town of Madison where I live. So this place is called Noble Knight Games. You may have seen them in your Amazon like cart before as the seller. They also have a huge online storefront where they sell tons of like out of print RPGs and cool stuff. Just plug in this local business, Noble Knight Games. Um they also they carry um they carry the game. The the full range basically they carry all of it. So anything yep. they can get in stock for Eden, they stock it. Uh, and they also stock Wild West Exodus and Bushido and uh, a lot of other games that are, you know, kind of harder to get your hands on in the States. So the downside yeah. is you need one one forty nine for for free, free shipping, shipping. And, yeah. and their shipping in general is kind of wonky. Yeah. And I mean, again, that that's, I think, where they probably make their primary money. It's a big warehouse with a, with a small retail front. And the, I'm fortunate that I live near them. Um, but, you know, if you if you have those hundred forty nine dollar purchases, uh, and it's easy to spend that much there. Let me tell you, they carry everything um, that it's a it's a cool store. And I'm just lucky enough that it's in my town. But again, you can get Eden miniatures from from them. Or again, you can buy them direct from Happy Games Factory. Very cool. All right. So I have a, I have a question for you, Chops. As I'm looking through the Noble Knight website at their store, yep. Um, one of the items that they have for sale as a, you know, cause I'm looking at matriarchy, it's a product called matriarchy strategy points. What are those? Yep. Are they essential for the that's game? That's the resource. Or? That's SP. Okay. So that's just like markers for the game. Basically. They're tokens. I use glass beads for my SP tracking. Okay, I just wasn't sure how how necessary. Oh, that's that Chrome. Okay. Yeah, that's Chrome. Um, for my Ascaris are green and yellow, and I use green beads to track their SP. So um, you don't have to use those markers, but hey, they're cool. How about the uh, Errata cards? How important are those? Um, I think if you're buying into older models, they're more important, but if you look at this, so Noble Knight tells you the date that the cards were manufactured, uh, for the most part, the yeah. 2016, 2017, 2018 models, I don't think it's important to have the errata cards, but, 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 but all the cards, all the rules, all the tokens, all the templates, everything is free on the website. You can print it. Okay. So that's, so, so, only so, so only that, that answers my question. Yeah, really only important if you want the physical cards they produce. Right. Right. And they're nice cards. Hmm. They're thick. They're chunky. They're thick ones, man. Right. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's Eden. That's uh, that's my, I think that's going to be my uh, my new love is this game. I, 
I can't, uh, I've been thinking about it a ton. Like, I, and at this, at this point now I'm like starting to read through all the models cards. Cause I want to like, just fill my brain with the rules and like, think about how the game plays and how the interactions happen. Uh, so the game's got its hooks in me. Uh Oh, that's like me and wild west exodus. Yep. Yep. Um, but it's great. So hundred percent, uh, highly recommended. Um, I would, I think it gets, yeah, I, I, I would give my highest recommendation for a miniatures game of all the miniatures game systems that I've tried and played. It's in the top echelon. Um, I think it's one of the best and it's just, it's pure luck that I got into it too, because, um, the, the way that it sort of happened is that happy games factory had the Kickstarter, right. And, I think what they did is they just boosted their Kickstarter post. And because I look at so much miniature shit, I, I got the boosted post right. and I went and looked and I was like, this is cool. I feel like I've seen this before. Like, I feel like I know this game. And what I ended up doing was I searched it and I found out that Ash Barker from Gorilla Miniatures Games had some let's plays and some, some playthroughs of Eden. So, and I went and looked and I had watched one a year ago and then it sparked a memory where I was like, Oh, this game looks rad. How do I get it? And I couldn't find anybody that was really carrying it. So I just sort of like off to the next thing. Right. But then I went back and I watched all the battle reports he had available. I was like, Oh my God, this game is amazing. Uh, hmm. And I did another search and I found out noble Knight was carrying it. And I was, and at that point it was game over, right? I just drove over to noble Knight, bought two starter sets and that's, that's current from there nice and and you have painted those models up phenomenally well thank you sir yes by I the way yeah that. those are beautiful i mean it, it they they almost look like they're studio done i'm i'm I, I, extremely proud of them and also happy to hear you say that like I'm, I'm very pleased with the way that the two that i've painted so far have turned out i spent a lot of time on them uh and i'm happy yeah, the, i'm happy it, it, it can tell yeah, you can you can tell the amount of time that you spent on those models, man. Those were you can definitely see that they were a labor of love. That you did a fantastic job on them. Appreciate it. I'm sure I can send them to Paul and he can post them on the places. Yeah, I'll post them again. All right, so, are you one of the things we had talked about? And I know this is somewhat off topic, um, but the the tiger. Are you still nervous about him painting him? Um, I'm actually less nervous. I found a video online uh, of a guy painting a white unicorn from the cool mini or not game, Massive Darkness. Mm -hmm. uh, and he was using um, all privateer press paints and talking and, and I've been practicing wet blending and he was showing some some two brush wet blending techniques uh in 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 real time like it wasn't one of those miniatures things where it's like do this little part and then it like whooshes off to two hours later to what it looks like you get to mm -hmm. see every brush stroke that he makes over this video uh and i feel much more confident about painting the white tiger and i am going to paint it white i have made the decision i'm just going to grip my teeth and go through that like hard first experience uh and i'm actually going I, i'm going to practice on a horse so I have a horse miniature that I am going to try painting white just to give it a shot initially and make sure that I've got it. And as soon as I'm, I'm you know, I've done it and I, I feel already reasonably confident, then I'll put the white paint on the tiger. Nice. I mean, you got to start somewhere, man. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that comes out. I'm excited. I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm more excited than scared now. And before there was a, a lot more fear than excitement. <laughs> I was uh, at the point where I was like, you know what? I'd rather paint this orange, even though I hate painting orange too. <laughs> so uh, you, you'd say that you're nervous, but excited. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, nervous, but excited to paint it. But you know, 
a painting white is one of those things that like in every miniature painter's journey, they just have to get over the fear of it. So this will be my, uh, this will be my, ch my chance to do that. Yeah. I feel your pain, man. I'm sitting here painting the stormtrooper right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I just recently got over my fear of black too. Uh, that's another color that's really hard to paint. Uh, and I think I've got it pretty well, pretty well figured out now. I've, uh, I've done a lot of, of, uh, figuring out how to layer up grays and blues to make them look black on a miniature. And I, I'm feeling a lot better about it. So I feel like I think I can do that now with these whites too, with like layers of gray leading up to pure white. Yeah. I'm actually more apprehensive about painting Vader than I am the stormtroopers. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Black's super hard to paint. Like I was, I was really nervous about well, because... it, doing it. And he's got like three different types of black. On yeah. Him. Shiny black, glossy black, shiny black. Yeah. And cloth. Leather black, plastic black. Leather black, black, cloth black. Yeah, it's going to be it's, – <laughs> it's tough. He, he, is, he is who I uh, – Palpatine at the same level as that with all that cloth on him. Like both of them, I am I am nervous to paint both of those models. But yeah, White Tiger coming soon. That will be – I think uh, it will be the super secret Patreon model, the Tiger. Uh, those will be the two models I paint in between my other side projects that I have going pre-adepticon because nice. i'd like i'd like to have my other side models painted and ready uh, i'd also like to have uh, a full full 200 like I'd, I'd like to have two separate 100 point lists for eden so that like uh i can play it there because i've heard that happy games factory shows up uh so if if they're there i didn't look if they're on the list of vendors but if they're there you know i'd like to show them some love and be like hey i'm gonna go set up in this room and run some demos if you want to send people over to play the game i will happily demo this game for you and i have it at x location um because i'm i'm that like stoked on this game right now very cool well, i'm looking forward to playing it with you me too, man. You guys are like outside of my Malifaux meta. I am like bananas excited to show this game to you because it, it again, I, I again, I haven't felt this good about a miniatures game since my Malifaux demo, hmm. you know, years ago at this point. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm I'm, re I'm ready to go on this one, man. You've got you've got me super duper intrigued. Cool. That that was the that was the drive, and hopefully some listeners get a little excited. Because uh, I know one of the, the this company, Happy Games Factory, one of their goals for 2019 was to get this game outside of France because they have a, it's got a huge following in France. You guys like there's a huge competitive meta. They have tournaments. There's actually a, like their version of Steam Con is like about to sell out. Uh, it's a big deal in France. But the I guess that like there's a whole French gaming scene like we're not even aware of. Uh, and they're mm. and they're really trying to push this game outside of France and. I'm glad they are because that's how I, that's how I got brought to my attention and I am into it. Well, I am excited to play in, in March, man. Um, I hope you can change my mind on those uh, resource management because the minis are dope. I, I like, I like the way the combat works. Uh, I like the interactions on the, your opponent's turn. Um, I mean, everything you were explaining to me and with every faction having their shtick, it, I like it. It's just that resource management. That's the only thing that concerns me. And what if I told you, Potter, that there's a $60 expansion for this game that basically turns it into Mordheim? Okay, now I'm buying this game. <laughs> 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 you, all you had to say was Mordheim, and I'm done. Oh, save, done. save the, save the big GW, moment for the GW. last. Bur burnout. Please bring Mordheim back, GW. Yeah. I'm begging again. Go, go, Please listen. Go, bring it back. Go read about Burnout and look at how the progression through Burnout works. Oh, so I was uh, wondering what that was on the website. 
Yeah. Burnout is the campaign expansion. It's like a full camp. It's just all it is, is a campaign expansion for this game. So like it. Yep. Like it. Oh, yep. That's all you had to say was, was Mordheim dude. And you got me. I thought that I, I saved that Potter. I, I had it. It was, it was the thing. Yeah, that, I was, that was your, that was your ace up the sleeve. It was. I was holding that little nugget. Um, but yeah, I think you guys will really like it. I think the listeners will like it. So check it out. Eden by happy games factory. That's it. That's my final word. That's it. Awesome. That's your selling point. Well, Hype train and- leaving the station. <laughs> oh shit. And while while we did that, while Chops was selling that, I got a another I got a unit of stormtroopers finished. <laughs> nice. Well done. Yeah. Oh god. I all I need to do is hit send on an order for this shit. <laughs> Sorry, Aubrey. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. Um yeah, I appreciate you, you you selling us on that one there, Chops, because it, it, it is a, a cool-looking game. I, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, all right, well, any any last thoughts? That's it. My, that was my point. That, that was, was your my, last, my last have, thought was, eaten by Happy Games Factory, get it. It's good. All right. All right, how about you, Potter? Any other last thoughts? Uh, about the game? Uh, just uh, stoked to try it out. Um. You, you you sold me on the Mordheim, so I'm I come March I want to play it. All right, and for me, uh, uh, I am uh, I'm excited about it. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna give it a shot. See what happens. Awesome. Um. All right, and then uh, geez, it's been so long. I don't remember what we do now. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what? Oh oh. So let me. Can I? Can I? Can I start? Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, Potter, anyway, uh, Discord because that didn't show up in an episode in the other episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, if some people, if you're following us on social media, you would have saw that we have been uh, promoting and posting our our Discord for the for the channel for the show. Um, we did talk about it in the the, the episode the that was lost, but um, I, I just want to say thank you to the guys that have joined so far. Uh, you by far. You guys have exceeded my expectations on what our Discord channel could have ever been. Uh, the fact that we had so many people join day one was really – it meant a lot to me. Um, Discord was one of the things that I wanted to do. It's one of the things I wanted to start. I, I built it – or well, I didn't build Discord, but I built our channel. I built everything, and seeing you guys join, it, that meant a lot to me. So thank you guys that have joined. Uh, for everybody else that does want to join, we have channels out for almost every single game that we talk about here. Uh, you know, and then we also do have a patron level, uh, that you guys can, uh, join for $5. It allows you to help like dictate the flow of the show, uh, give us future episode ideas, uh, ask questions in those, those areas that are a little bit more intimate, uh, if you want to behind the scenes kind of stuff. So, um, but everything else is available to the public. Uh, just go to our Facebook, go to our Twitter. Um, they've got the links. It's an open invite. Everybody can join those. Um, and then, like I said, just join the community. Uh, I, again, thank you everybody that's already joined. Uh, it's meant a lot to me and I, I'm pretty sure to the other guys as well, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess that's our big announcement for, for where we're starting off in, in 2019 is, is our, our, our discord, which has been a lot of fun. It, I, I had never used discord before this. Um, but I'm really happy that I'm on there now. Uh, there's always something funny being said or, or some kind of insight into a game. Um, or, 
the other thing that get, tends to get talked about is is music and or um, types of metal. Yeah, <laughs> that that was one of the best ads that you could have ever had. <laughs> Chops, that's I love that channel. I mean, dude, gentlemen is the best channel. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and and Jim, fan of the show, thank you so much for devolving that channel. <laughs> hey, I put the I put the topic as this is where we talk about metal. He's not wrong when he's mentioning how tungsten that, he, is awesome he, and alu- aluminum is great. <laughs> yes, and and titanium as well. Um, all right, well, follow us on on the social medias. Uh, it's at Three Men Come in a War Game. Come hang on Discord. Come hang on Discord. And uh, thanks to Static as a city for for continuing to uh, be our music at the top and bottom of the show. Um, so thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks. Thanks, guys. <laughs>